Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Carl Carter Jr., the eldest son of slain realtor Beverly Carter. Since his mother's death, Carl has proclaimed a mission of safety awareness in his mother's name. Carl is a licensed life and health agent appointed with Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield, where he's worked for 17 years. Carl and his wife Kim have three children and live in Sherwood. To better support the safety of the realtor community, Carl plans to obtain his real estate license this fall, and he joins us today to discuss the topic of realtor safety and help agents with practical tips to avoid potential danger. Now, let's welcome Carl to the call as we join our host, Tim Harris. Um, actually, today it's Tim and Julie Harris, but Carl, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for doing this interview. Um, this is a topic that we've talked about um, since that tra- tragic incident with your mom. We've brought it up many times, and we've done a lot of radio shows focusing on this. And its I have to say, from our perspective, and I imagine from your perspective, it's um, a little frustrating that more people aren't really tuning into some of the risks that agents take on a routine basis. And so I really sincerely appreciate you taking the time today to be on our radio show to help us drill down on agents uh, to make them just slow down a little bit and take into consideration some of the basic safety things that they should be doing prior to working directly with any buyers or sellers. So for that, I thank you. Thank you very much. It's an honor to to talk with you today. Um, So for those who who might not be familiar with Beverly Carter from the news headlines, can you describe what occurred to us? Can you let let the listeners know what this is uh, about your mom, what happened? Absolutely. And, you know, just a little bit of background about about my, my sweet mom. She um, she was very successful in the Little Rock, Arkansas market, um, and she she had really built built a business herself. You know, as so many of you you all do. She you know started with cold calls and worked her way into being a, a successful realtor, and um, you know so we don't know a lot of why she was targeted. You know necessarily, but but one thing that has been confirmed is that she she was targeted because she was um, thought of as as successful and and rich and so you know the details of of what happened is you know it's almost been a year at this point and it was a Thursday Thursday evening she had an appointment to meet a husband and wife. And so on September the 25th of 2014, so a 6 p.m. showing in a rural area, and and unfortunately, and I should I should also say allegedly because this isn't all through through the justice system, um, mom had truly been tricked by by a married couple into uh, you know showing them a property, and when she went to show them that property, although some of those details are vague. She was abducted. Um, she was kidnapped with the with the intention of holding her for ransom. And so they had planned to to get um, not a lot of money. Sadly, they they had wanted a, a bit of money from our family. And um, when when they thought that the cops were closing in a little too quickly, unfortunately, they they chose to to take her life. 
Yeah, and and we can't uh, extend to you uh, enough condolences. I mean, I know that there's nothing that we can all say, but from our community, you know, both Inman and from Tim and myself and all of our coaching clients and listeners, you know, we really extend our thoughts and prayers to you and your family and what you must be dealing with. Um, Carl, can you talk about the current disposition of the case? Is that something that you can discuss and let us know where that stands? Because, you know, we're all right there with you. Yeah, I don't mind at all. Thank you, Julie. I, um, you know, there are some things I can't talk about, but I'll, I'll let you know where we are. Um, the things that I can talk about include, you know, we, we do have the cooperation now from, from the wife of this, the you know, what I call, I don't like to, it's kind of a weird thing for me. I don't like to really personify mm-hmm. them. I just call them the bad guys. And sure. so for the wife, the wife of the bad guys um, has, Entered into a plea agreement with with the prosecutor, so she will she will spend uh, most of the rest of her life in um, behind bars. She's she's entered a plea of guilty um, for the kidnapping and uh, murder um, charges of my, of my mom. With part of that plea deal is that she will provide truthful testimony, and you know she's she's given us some some clarity. She's a real vital part to to the uh, the conviction of her husband um she she really kind of gives us some of the the motive and uh, and honestly you know while you know it this is just something that you know just some of the details that that I know that I pieced together is that she was kind of the brains of the operation and he was the brawn and you know she 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 put the she started it she planned it and he really carried it carried it out so um you know it, it's tough because they're both monsters, but um, you know, it, at least she will be put away for a long time, and, and um, we'll certainly be praying that he is put away for the rest of his life. Um, you know, it's it's a frustrating it's a frustrating thing because our justice system, in in a lot of ways, is very broken. So uh, you know, it all gets you know there, there are games that can be played to drag it out, but um, it's just. It, it's horrible whenever you, you're faced with something like this because you realize that to some people, like human life doesn't matter. There, there's, there's, there's no mercy. It's just they just see you. You are seen as an item, and or someone, you know, especially real estate community. I mean, some good-looking folks that that really have some sharp, you know, maybe they're not so good-looking in person, but they've got some some good-looking uh, headshots, and um, you know, it really can make people targets, and so. Um, we do think that that was part of what made Mom a target. So, um, right now, for as far as you know, the justice system, we we are set for the pre-omnibus trial in um, early October, and then actually going to trial for for the the husband bad guy in January of 2016. So we're, we're definitely in prayer that that doesn't get further delayed, so we can get this part behind us. Absolutely, and we'll be praying with you that. You know that things are done properly through the justice system, and you know you bring up an interesting point, Carl. That Beverly wasn't the first high-profile murder case in the real, as as far as real estate professionals go. Ashley Oakland was another recent case championed by Dylan De Bruin. Do mm-hmm. you feel this is a significant increase in realtor murders, or is there just more awareness happening about that as a result of these recent happenings? You know, that's kind of a tough thing because, you know, it's almost like, you know, when you get a brand new car and then you all of a sudden notice that there are a thousand other people that live close to you that drive the same car. Um, 
I certainly have a very strong awareness of not only realtor realtor crimes, but I have a stronger awareness of, of violent crimes in general. So, but I will say that you know, with that disclaimer out there, you know, um, just in Arkansas alone, we're we're not we're not necessarily hearing of these horrific, um, you know crimes that ended in death like it did with Ashley and my mom, but we're hearing it's just these crazy, crazy stories, you know, people that you don't suspect or, you know, an open house is going great and then, you know, someone pulls a gun out of a diaper bag and, you know, it's just, um, sadly, I think that while there's there's an awareness of the need for safety, um, sadly, I think that because of of some publicity around it, it kind of exposes that this is a vulnerable industry to those that are seeking to do bad. So um, I hate to sound like a downer there, but I I, I do think that it, we all really have to, to be um, more cautious because of those things. Well, sure. And so Beverly was targeted not just not because of what she did, not because she's a realtor. And, you know, it's not because of who she was. She didn't do anything to instigate this. This was a random, crazy thing that happened. Doesn't that mean that it could have been any agent? It may, I mean, you're in insurance. It could be you guys. It could be anyone. We we're raising awareness, certainly in the real estate community, but doesn't it seem like it could have happened to anyone? What are your thoughts on that? I completely agree with you. <clears throat> um, I First, I'll, and I'll just share this, and I haven't shared this before, but my mom wasn't their first target. And the, the, their first two targets, I don't know anything about. They, I do know that they were women, but I don't know what industry they worked in. And I know um, that after failed attempts at at them being able to kidnap those those ladies in those industries, they they kind of went back to the drawing board and they said, which industry, which what types of, of of careers have people that are vulnerable, that have women that are alone, and that's where they they formulated the plan to go after mom. So, so yeah, absolutely, it could have been anyone. I do think mom, because um, because mom was successful and she truly believed in the power of of marketing. Um, you know, I think that you know they, she was a face and a name that they had heard of a lot and assumed that you know that she was wealthy, and so they went after that. But without a doubt, it it could have been anyone. Sure. Well, so here's something interesting. When we talk about this with our coaches or coaching many coaching clients and certainly our own personal coaching clients, when we talk about this, it's not uncommon to hear, well, you know, I don't work in a dangerous area. Your area, Beverly's geographic working area where she was marketing and advertising, I mean, it's pretty safe, isn't it? Is it safe to say that something like this could happen anywhere and that this was not a symptom of quote, your area or her market. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. Completely agree again with you. So just to, to so that everyone can kind of picture what, you know, this situation for mom was like, you know, little where she was actually, you know, murdered was is in kind of a little um, a town right outside our capital city. And, in, and actually mom was um, – you know, mom was not far far at all from actually where my parents live, and so a I think that most of us, you know, live in areas that we feel like are safe, and um, you know, you don't associate you know being a victim of a crime like this close to where you live. But also to, to kind of further paint like this, it seems like a safe place picture. No crime, very um, although rural, 
um, which I think when we say rule, sometimes it can seem negative, but but also there's a lot of comfort in rural because, you know, you it's beautiful, it's farm, there's a lot of farmland out there. Um, you know, you it's dotted along the way with, you know, beautiful little country churches. Um you know, it's a simpler way of life. It um I always just love going out to mom and dad's house because it um truly was almost like stepping back in time because it's so peaceful, so serene, good folks, everybody knows each other and um last place truly you would have thought that something like this would happen. Sure. Well, well, well so go ahead, Tim. Go ahead, Julie. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Well, so I think what we're saying here is that maybe agents feel safe in their particular area, whether that's rural or whether that's their hometown or the market that they're I mean, the agents market because they, you know, they want to do business in that area, right? So I think what you're saying is that you may feel safe because it looks safe, because it feels warm and fuzzy. And I would agree with you about rural property. You know, it does seem like you're going back in time and people should be trustworthy. But that said, do you feel like in spite of that, we all need to be taking a higher level of safety precautions and really thinking before we go on those appointments. What, what's your thought on that? Maybe I feel safe and warm and fuzzy, and I'm, I have a lot of confidence in my market, and I know the street's like the back of my hand, but shouldn't I still be taking precautions just to be smart? Yes, yes. So so let me kind of, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll use kind of mom's example in this. You know, there, there was so much from the the piece of comfortability, so you know it literally was. She called dad on the on the her way to this property. So it was kind of her last showing of the day, and she says, "Hey, honey, I'm going to show this property." Dad even knew where the house was. Um, you know, it's, there's that level of um, you know just small town knowing thing. You know where things are, and so. You know, she said, honey, I'm going to stop. I'm going to show this property. Then I'm going to grab some dinner for us, and I'll be home. Um, and even through that, even at that level of comfort, which I, which one would think would be like probably the ultimate comfort as it relates to, you know, I'm showing the last property on the way home, you know, no bigs. And then my mom still, even with that, she followed, you know, protocol. She was taught in her office, you know, like things like, you know, she – you know, when when her vehicle was found, she had, um, you know, she kept an appointment book, and so they had the names and the phone numbers of the people that she was actually meeting there that day. Um, she had a, she had um, kind of a communication line with with people in her office, her broker. Um, the broker knew exactly where mom was going to be as well. You know, of course, my dad, as I mentioned, knew where mom was going to be, and. The, the property that mom was showing was um, a property that had been vacant for a while into foreclosure, and so mom knew that you know she needed to 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 show the property in before it got dark because there's no electricity in the home. And on top of that, um, mom was also safe in the fact that mom mom had expressed, and we know this from the the truthful testimony that will be coming forward. With, with the trial, and I don't think there's anything wrong with me sharing this part. Mom actually expressed to the husband because she was he she was on the phone with him. She says, "Well, sir, just want to let you know, you know, I I don't um, meet men in in you know rural areas like this. So, um, you know, will someone else be accompanying you?" And she had expressed that, and so the the wife has actually let us know that she got on the phone to to tell mom, "Hey." Husband and wife, we're both going to be there. Everything's on the up and up. You know, don't worry about it. And so 
you know, mom was truly tricked. And I, I think that it's, it's, you know, we have to think about even when we're so comfortable and we follow, you know, some pretty standard operating, you know, like safety operating procedures, um, like we have to raise the bar because in that, you know, it seems so on the up and up. And I think that many realtors, especially before kind of the awareness of, of cases like this, it's like, well, my goodness, I think they would have fallen for it too, you know. Well, so, sure, and I think you bring up a good point because I there's probably people who would cast it aside and say, well, she just wasn't being careful. And everything that you just ran through shows that she was being very careful. She did use some pre-qualifying questions. She actually stated, hey, I don't just meet men, you know, alone in the house. Who else will be with you? She did the check-ins. She followed her office protocol. So I think that's – I'm really thrilled that you shared that so that we can remove that dispersion that some people may say, well, you know, I'm way more careful than that. Well, I think most agents, hopefully, especially at this point, would have taken similar precautions but you point out that, you know, she just wasn't being cavalier about it. She wasn't there at night. It wasn't in a bad neighborhood. She wasn't not checking in with people. So we do need to step it up. So based on that, what have you personally learned? And, you know, this I'm sure has been your prevailing thought. What should agents be doing? Let's turn this into what we all can be active about. How can, you know, what would you say are the best things that you've learned and thought about that realtors and others, because this also affects homeowners to some degree with open houses and showings and all the rest, mm-hmm. what are some things that you would recommend, having gone through this horrible, tragic experience, that we all can take action on? You know, we always on the radio show try to not just deliver, hey, here's some great information, but what is the action that you would recommend for agents? First and foremost, and then I'll, I'll kind of state it simply, and then if you don't mind, I'll kind of backtrack a little bit, Please. is mm-hmm. to, in, by whatever method we can, um, identify with certainty who we're working with. And, you know, another part of, of mom's deception was that that an application was used to, and who knows why apps like this even exist, but you know, through their smartphones, they were able to use this app and change their phone number. And so they were able to deceive my mother into thinking that they were out-of-state buyers. So it went with this whole piece. So that being said, when you're dealing with this, you know, you know, thinking from a realtor, you, you get this call, cash buyer, out-of-state, you're getting a phone call from an out-of-state number. You know, everything's kind of jiving so far. You're talking to the husband and the wife. And so then we have to get creative on, okay, they're not just, you know, right down the street so we can have them come into to the office. Because, so, you know, I know some, some local real estate um, offices here haven't always been requiring potential buyers to come in and, um, you know, show, provide a copy of their their driver's license or things like identification. And so we've seen the implementation of that, which is great. But um, we have some unique challenges, situational, based on, you know, these relocations and, and such. So I, I think we've got to get creative on how we can do that. So even if it, you know, is an inconvenience to, to the buyer, I'm so sorry, I'm going to have to meet you at my office. Yes, I know we want to go look at this rural area. Um, 
So it, it's it's tough because it's going to be a challenge because had that been on the up and up and you're dealing with people, it could be a huge inconvenience. You well, know, to so that, let, to let's that stop on that because that's a huge yeah. pearl, as Howard Britton would say. There was a pearl, right? So mm-hmm. I believe, as one of our head coaches here, that every agent should meet every buyer at the office, period. Love it. I don't care if they sound like your sweet grandmother, right? Mm-hmm. So, And I believe that brokers, and I want you to expand on this and, and talk about it, you know, what your beliefs are, that we can standardize this and, and really be activists on this. That's why we have you on the radio today. You know, if that were standard practice, if, you're, if every broker were to say to every agent, you will not be meeting buyers until you meet them in the office. Because if a buyer won't meet you at the office, don't you think that's an early warning sign? What are your thoughts about that? I do. I, and I, I do think that it, it's a warning sign. And, you know, one thing, you know, as I've been talking to different people about, you know, keeping people safe and deterring bad guys, and one of the best ways is is to let them know that right from the beginning, we're going to know exactly who you are. And so we can build these these processes, these programs that, that keep our agents safe. And then we also, you know, come behind that. We have to realize that we can't get complacent just because we built these new programs to keep people safe. So we have to keep thinking about how we can make things more safe. Um, I do want to speak to your point about um, I love, 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 and completely support the agents meeting the buyers um, in the office. And I was at a, a meeting a couple of weeks ago, and they were explaining a program that's being rolled out here in the state. And it's not really in our state, but it's, it's not really widespread yet. They're really just kind of in the initial phases of it. But I love this concept, and it's the safe haven program where, you know, say, you know, you've got some out-of-staters. They're wanting to come in, but, you know, say you work for real estate company X, but it's a long way from where the mm-hmm. property that's wanting to be shown and a huge inconvenience. Well, through this this new program that, that they're piloting for any, you know, real estate offices that want to participate, say, you know, you work for real estate company X, but actually real estate company Y is a lot closer to where you're going to be showing property. Um, then through this agreement, you could actually use, um, you know, an empty office at, at, um, at the Y location because it would be more convenient for those buyers. So to see that kind of camaraderie among real estate companies that are truly competing against each other um, is really inspiring to me. It, it's, well, it's Carl, cool. if you could send us any information on that, we certainly would champion that because, of course, we believe in that as well. And Absolutely. It would be, you know, I, I would, my thought was, you know, when you go to test drive a car, they take a copy of your driver's license. Yeah, they're probably in there running your credit to see if you know you're going to be worthy of buying that car, sure. But also that's got to be a safety measure. I think the issue becomes, to your point, standardizing this and having the safe haven program be a normal thing, not just a you know random office here and there thing, but something that's standard. You know, one of the things the coaches coach the uh, the coaching clients on is if you're not weird about it, they won't be weird about it. In terms of asking someone to meet you at the office, if you sound insecure and like that's a strange thing, then you might not get that appointment at the office. If we all were to work together to standardize this, so that if I run into you at an open house and you run into somebody else down the street at an open house, that we still that we have the same philosophy that before we go showing property, each of those agents asks you in the same manner to meet at the office so that we're not all 
really weird about this. I, you know, it, it is odd that we're one of the only industries that we get a phone call and we jump. Sure. So we all have to work together to work against that. Now, I, I appreciate that you recently spoke at uh, NAR and you had six specific things, and we won't be able to get through all of them today, but one of the, my favorites was that you had a point, prepare and be aware, take training classes, learn self-defense, take action. And I think that that's smart not just for women but for men as well to have some level of knowing what to do if you do get surprised. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, and, you know, I almost – it's I've, I've had, like, the absolute pleasure to give that – you know that that those those speaking points a number of times to people, and it's almost everything. Sad to, sadly, whenever I get the opportunity to share those, it's kind of like preaching to myself every single time. And I think that that's part of the reason why we have to continue to keep these things in the forefront of you know of our mind, because you know, case in point, you know, I'm the world's worst of having my face buried in my iPhone, you know, and. And, and you know it's mindless stuff. It's it's headlines, and it's you know what's the latest thing, and um, and then I'll get so frustrated because I find you know I'm leaving the mall. I just walked all the way across the you know the parking garage. Someone could have clubbed me over the head. I would have known the wiser because I'm you know I'm too busy scrolling some meaningless something that could have waited 30 minutes, and you know. It, and even down to little decisions, you know, you know, from that, you know, get your face out of your phone, or you know, when you're leaving your spouse on the, you know, if you're the first to leave the house in the morning, you know, close the garage, you know, don't, 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 uh, you know, lower the risk of um, of vulnerability to to things that that can go wrong. Um, and you know, not only is it is it good safety practice, but it's just good practice for people to be aware and and their you know, and that's just going to help them with building relationships, and there are a ton of benefits across the board with that. But yeah, I, I, um, I'm really passionate about about it because there's, I think there's so much distraction going on in our world right now that that so many of us are either, you know, and it may not be a violent attack, but people do things that either catch us off guard or they make us feel uncomfortable, and then we aren't even. You know, we're doing too much of this, oh, well, next time, or, oh, I wish I'd been sharp and I could have responded in this way, whereas if we weren't so distracted all the time, maybe we could have shut that down, you know? Yes, so prepare and be aware maybe is something that all of our listeners can memorize and internalize and stop being the one walking through the parking garage texting or, worse yet, in your car texting without having bothered to lock your doors or put your garage door down all of these little simple steps, prepare and be aware. And if when you say to yourself, prepare and be aware before you go to your next appointment, whether that's even at your office or at an open house or a showing, think about Carl's mom. Yeah. You know, honor Carl's mom. And I love what you said at NAR about spending time and quality time with those that you love and, you know, really being focused on making memories. And I think that at some level, this must have made you very present with your own family. Can you talk about that? And I'm going to leave you to end the call with any thoughts that you'd like to share with all of our great, you know, our own radio listeners, our friends from Inman. What can we do to help you honor your mom? All right. Well, you know, on on this specific topic of of making memories and increasing your happiness. You know, I, I think that we have to look at our lives holistically, and 
I think that we can all agree that it is most often time our family, our direct family, our spouse, our kids, our grandkids, they they are our our greatest sources of joy. And in my mom's case, um, you know, my brother and I, we were a secondary joy uh, to the grandkids. And um, she she was absolutely obsessed with them, and she was absolutely passionate, and and constantly reminding me of ways that I could um, be a better dad to my kids. And she she truly believed in it. And and I'll tell you this too, you know, in in the in the absence of mom, you know, now that she's gone, I realized she had a really, really tough um, way to go. You know, she overcame a lot of challenges. She had me when she was 16, and she had to drop out of high school and get a GED, and, and you know, and then she, you know, kind of really, you know, pulled herself up and, and became this, really, you know, beautiful, successful woman. And um, I just... I see now, you know, she was able to be so happy and cultivate her own happiness by being surrounded by things that she loved and things that fueled her. And I think that we can all really, really take a strong, strong hint from that um, for our lives. We can be a good influence to those around us. And, you know, what I'd say to everybody is, um, you know, hey, thank you for listening and caring and being so, so supportive. But, um, Keep in mind, your family loves you, they need you, and they don't need to lose you to to some monster. So um, don't think that it can't happen to you. Um, don't look that, you know, paranoid, but, but do take little steps and, and be mindful and follow protocol. And um, if not for yourself, think of, think of those people that love you so, so much. And um, with that, I, I, I just want you to all know it. it I truly care about you and your safety, and if there is ever anything that that our family can do, um, please please feel free to to reach out out to us. We I do have a Remember Beverly page on Facebook, and I, I share fun memories about my mom. If and there's some great audio out there of, of of her voice. I love going out there and listening to it. So if you if you're curious to check that out, I would welcome it. So thank you again to Julie and Tim for this opportunity. Well, thank you, Carl. And from the bottom of all of our hearts here at Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching, from the radio show, from our friends at Inman, we thank you and we honor the memory of your mom. And we all will pledge to you and your family to prepare and be aware in your mom's memory and honor. And I hope that everybody does go visit that Facebook page. Send us a link and we'll get that out there. So thank you again for sharing your experience and for being open and championing this cause that we all need to work together. Send us some more information on the Safe Haven program, and we will all commit to you to take this to the next level in honor of your mom. So thank you again for being a radio show guest, and we'll be in touch with you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you so much. It's our pleasure. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.